Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. I'm your host, Andy Mitz. Tonight, we are going over the KU-Kentucky game as a recap, and then we're going to go ahead and look ahead to the Kansas-Texas game that's coming up here on Tuesday. Um, actually, today, by the time you guys are listening to this. So, it is just me today, so I'm going to go ahead and actually just jump right in. So, obviously, the the biggest story for Kansas fans over the weekend was the, the loss of Kansas at Kentucky. They lost uh, 71-73 to in that game. Um, you know, I thought they started out the game really, really well. Um, obviously, you know, they went up, they went up pretty big, I think early in the, in the contest, um, or about halfway through the, uh, through the first half, they were up by quite a bit. Um, they were up 14 to six, you know, after the first 10 minutes, um, got up quite a bit before the half and then Kentucky went on a big run. Um, you know, unfortunately there was a couple of different things that kind of, kind of all combined to, to really shoot the Jayhawks in the foot. First of all, um, there were some questionable calls to benefit Reed Travis for Kentucky. I'm not, I don't like to be the guy that, you know, talks about the officiating. Um, and I, I'm not saying that the officiating was like the reason that Kansas lost this game. However, I will say, um, Kentucky did get pretty fortunate with, I counted at least three, um, and ones that Reed Travis got in the first half where the closest Jayhawk was probably a good three feet away. Didn't even come close to making contact. And yet somehow there was a foul called, um, one of them was on Devon Dodson. I believe there was another one on Lawson. Um, and then I, I believe the last one was on Garrett, but there was just some, some rather strange, um, calls going on there where, you know, a little ticky tack, maybe a guy, you know, breathed on him and, uh, and he, apparently got called for a foul for it. So, um, now, now granted Reed Travis was having his way inside anyway. Um, you know, and along with PJ Washington, they, they both were playing really well down low 
um, you know, Jadrick Lawson wasn't really a match for those guys. Um, but, you know, they definitely didn't get any help there from the officiating. Um, now, a lot of that's to be expected just because, you know, it is, it is, it was at Kentucky. Um, and, and again, don't get me wrong. I did not expect Kansas to actually win this game. Um, I thought it looked pretty good just given, um, the, the way that the first about 15 minutes or so went. Uh, but Kentucky made that run at the end of the half and obviously it did not turn out really well for Kansas. So, um, to, to go over a few of the Jayhawk numbers, obviously Dijek Lawson led the way for the, for the Jayhawks. Um, and actually for the, for the game, he scored 20 points, which led, uh, which was, was tied with PJ Washington for the most in the entire game. Um, he played 39 minutes, again, scored 20 points, uh, on seven of 18 shooting. Uh, he was five of 15 from two. So he only made a third of his two point shots, which honestly isn't enough. Um, he was two of three from the three point line though. Um, made four, all four of his foul shots. Uh, he had 15 rebounds. So another double, double for him, you know, and, and other than that, I mean, he had four fouls. So obviously a lot of the Kansas players were in foul trouble the entire game long. But, um, I mean, overall, DJ Glosson had a really, really good game. Nothing really to compa- complain about. Uh, but really the, the main problem was that he just didn't have a lot of help this game. Quentin Grimes was the second leading scorer for the Jayhawks. He, um, in 29 minutes scored 13 points. Um, on five of nine shooting, he misses two free throws. Uh, he only had one rebound, a couple assists and a turnover. So overall it was, I mean, it was an okay showing from him. Again, he wasn't as efficient as we were uh, hoping. Or he didn't break out like we were hoping he would. Um, I mean, this, the three of five from three point line was pretty good. Um, you know, so it seems like maybe he's starting to get going, but he's, he doesn't seem to be very aggressive. Um, which I think we're going to need from him moving forward. Uh, he, you know, he played again, he played 29 minutes, um, you know, had a decent number of points, but again, um, I think, I think we need to see him step it up even more in order if we're going to really uh, make any kind of push in the NCAA tournament, but Gerald Vick scored 10. Uh, he was again, the, the next scorer for them. Uh, he had, he played 35 minutes, scored 10 points on four of nine shooting. He was two of four from two, two of five from three. Uh, he had six rebounds total, a couple or an assist, a turnover, a steal. So again, a fairly mediocre line from him. I mean, it was good, but it wasn't good enough. Um, Devon Dotson scored nine points for the Jayhawks, played 33 minutes. He was three of six from twos, one of four from threes, had three rebounds, four assists, and only one turnover. He did foul out um, playing 33 minutes. So, um, you know, again, we didn't get a lot offensively. Um, the only other two Jayhawks to score was Ochai Abaji. He played 21 minutes, scored seven points on two of six shooting. Um, but again, he didn't do much other than the few points that he contributed. And Marcus Garrett uh, only scored four points, played 32 minutes, made one two-pointer. He was one of seven from two and O of two from three. So he had a really bad offensive night. Um, you know, he made his two free throws, but again, we didn't get enough offensively from him. Um, the, the defense still played fairly well other than down low, uh, which again, it's kind of been the way that it has, you know, the way that this entire season has gone for the Jayhawks. Unfortunately, since Yudoka Azubuke, um got injured and was out for the entire season, they just have not had that presence down low. And it's really taken um, them forcing guys to take three point shots, uh, forcing guys to kind of get out of the paint um, in order for them to really have a good shot at this. So, 
Um, you know, again, we, uh, players that did not play, David McCormick had eight points, didn't score. Um, same with KJ Lawson. I'm sorry. David McCormick had eight minutes, didn't score. KJ Lawson had three minutes, didn't score. Um, both of those guys had a couple, had, had a foul apiece. But again, it was just an uninspiring effort, I think, after the first half. Um, you, you could tell probably about 10 minutes left in the game that Kansas has completely ran out of gas. Um, they have a very, very thin rotation here. It's really hard for them to compete um, for the entire game when they are playing such a short rotation. Hopefully we get some, some help here soon, uh, either guys stepping up to put a little bit of pressure on the other team, um, or you know, there is rumors out today. And, and actually, I'll go ahead and transition over to this next topic. There are rumors out today that this is the week that we're supposed to hear uh, about Silvio de Souza. I saw on Twitter CJ Moore was reporting, um, you know, that Kansas is expecting to get an answer one way or another for sure this week. Um, and there was a few other a few other people. I believe it was Seth Davis initially reported that you know obviously they were expecting um, to have Kansas by this weekend coming up. Um, I mean, he was mocked. <laughs> mercilessly online because I believe he said the same thing about the West Virginia game. He said the same thing about the Kentucky game. Um, so while we are all obviously tired of the soon mantra that we keep hearing that, you know, we're going to know soon, um, it does seem like it is kind of wrapping up. Kansas, um, at least according to certain people close to the program, are starting to act as if the conclusion is is imminent within a day or two. So hopefully we hear sooner rather than later. Um, not expecting him to be available for this Texas game that's coming up uh, tonight by the time you guys are hearing this. But uh, he, he should be available for the game on Saturday. Um, I say should because, again, we've said this multiple times that he should have been available previously. and He hasn't been available. So, so the hope is that he is back for the home game against Texas Tech. That would immediately help Kansas with their depth issues. Um, help them down low. They'd have another physical defender down low that can they can get in there and block some shots. Someone that I think that they can trust a whole lot more than a guy like McCormick, who was supposed to be that guy, um, but I don't think he's he's gotten enough going either in practice or in the limited minutes that he's had for anybody to really feel comfortable putting him in there for any length of time. Um, especially since you know you have a problem trying to put him in there at the same time as Dietrich Lawson. Uh, they kind of compete for space on the floor, so it makes it a little difficult, I think, at times. Um, to try to get them both in there. Although, I mean, they were doing it somewhat in this game against Kentucky. It didn't really seem to be doing them much good at all, though. So, um, before we jump over to the slate that's coming up, obviously, um, the other news that happened uh, over the weekend, obviously, uh, this Kansas-Kentucky game was part of a larger a larger uh, contest there, the Big 12 SEC Challenge. And that is something, actually, that, that the Big 12 won six games to four. Uh, so the winners, uh, let's see, for the SEC, Kentucky beat Kansas, Texas beat West Virginia. Uh, let me see. Then we had uh, Georgia beating Texas and Texas A&M beating Kansas State. Um, I believe two of those games are ones that I had thought were going to go the SEC's way, and I, I'm not sure about Fetch. I have to go back and look at the tape. But um, needless to say, I was actually correct with my prediction there, them going 6-4. and four. The... the uh, Big 12 winners were obviously Texas Tech won over Arkansas. Iowa State had a big road win over Ole Miss. Um, that was the only game between two ranked teams other than Kansas and Kentucky. Um, and then let me see. Uh, Baylor beat Alabama at home. TCU beat Florida at home. Oklahoma State beat South Carolina at home. That was, I think, the biggest 
um, the biggest coin flip of a game that we had on the entire slate. And then, of course, Oklahoma, Oklahoma completely destroyed Vanderbilt at home. So um, let's see. There was only the only game where the home team lost, actually, was that Iowa State over Ole Miss game. So, um, you know, kind of what you would expect for the most part. Um, you know, Iowa State, I'm expecting, I believe, by the time that this is actually coming out, uh, yeah, the, the rankings have been updated actually. Um, so Ole Miss, I don't believe is ranked any longer. I'm actually pulling that up right now, but, um, Iowa State knocked them out. They, they have obviously been having some issues. Ole Miss, uh, has not been playing very well recently after getting up to a fairly high ranking. Um, they are barely receiving votes now in both polls here. So, um, yeah, I'm not, you know, that they were trending in the wrong direction. It's not really that surprising, uh, that they dropped out completely, but Iowa State, um, you know, notable, notable results from the challenge. West Virginia pushed Tennessee for a while in the first half, but then completely fell apart down the stretch. Tennessee won easily by 17 points there. Um, Texas Tech was in a very tough game with Arkansas. Um, you know, we're, we're seeing kind of more of what we were talking about, what, what Fetch and I were talking about on a previous podcast. Um, where Texas Tech is that kind of team that where, where they build their name on defense and have a problem scoring um, and build up a big gaudy record against a lot of lower tier conference or non non conference opponents. Once they start to play that power five competition, you know, you, they have problems scoring and their defense isn't necessarily enough to carry them any longer. They nearly got upset by Arkansas at home. Um, and so, you know, it was uh, it was a very, very close game closer than I would have liked to have seen especially since Texas Tech is supposed to be the second-best team after Kansas in the in the Big 12. Um, but they were able to go ahead and get the win to preserve the series win for, for the Big 12. Um, again, like I said, the Iowa State over Ole Miss game um, was probably the most impressive win for the Big 12. Um, Iowa State took, you know, a while it was a fading team, it was still a fairly good team. Um, and Iowa State was able to go on the road and kind of and dominate that game after the second half. Um, halftime, they were up by five. They got probably about ten minutes in and started really started to stretch the lead, um, and then never looked back. kept you know kept uh, kept their foot on the gas and was able to keep moving with it. Uh, Baylor had some issues with Alabama, but um, Alabama and Baylor are actually probably fairly fairly close um, just in terms of overall strength. And Baylor was able to come up with a pretty good win. There was some concern about TCU being able to hold off Florida. Um, they were able to go ahead and exert their will in that game. They were actually up by 12 at the half. Florida made a run at it, and then uh, TCU was able to go ahead and put it away. I didn't get a chance to watch too much of the Oklahoma State-South Carolina game, but again, that was one that Oklahoma State was up about five at the half. Um, and then... It was fairly even from that point on, from what I understand. Um, Texas pushed Georgia for a while, but wasn't able to finish it out at home. Uh, Kansas State, again, pushed Texas A&M for a while. Um, that is a bad loss, though, for Kansas State. Um, they're kind of in a similar situation where their defense is, is phenomenal, um, but the offense just isn't really able to get going very well. Um, you know, they've, they picked some really bad times to go ahead and get cold, and so um, Texas A&M was able to take advantage uh, and score just enough. I mean, they, they won by 12, but really, you know, it was a, uh, it got out of hand for just a little spurt. 
in there. It was probably about a three-minute stretch where Texas A&M all of a sudden built up a double-digit lead, and then it just stayed constant the rest of the way. So, And then, of course, that Oklahoma versus Vanderbilt game, Oklahoma was clearly the better team, jumped out to a really big lead, was leading by 18 points at the half and never looked back. Um, ended up winning that game by 31. So um, overall, it was a 6-4 win. I saw some comments online about how, you know, you have to remember that uh, that the Big 12, uh, you know, which should have won the Big 12 SEC Challenge because three of the SEC's best teams weren't actually in the challenge. Um, the argument against that, obviously, and I heard saw it from a few other, a, a few different places, but, you know, Kansas is the top five um Big 12 team or five of the top six Big 12 teams um, coming in, at least coming into the year, uh, were actually playing on the road in this challenge. So it's not like, you know, I mean, and, and I would say even five of the top six right now, uh, or no, I'm sorry, uh, I would say probably, probably uh, four of the top five probably were it were on the road. Um, Kansas State was on the road, Texas was on the road, you know, uh, Iowa State was on the road. And then uh, Kansas was on the road, obviously. Texas Tech was probably the only one of the top half of the conference that actually got to stay at home and play. Um, you know, and, and so, in general, I thought the, the Big 12 showed why they are considered to be the better conference of the two. Um, you know, they were able to take care of business and actually win the challenge for the first time since, uh, well, in, in, in quite a few years. I believe it was 2015 was the last time that, that the uh, – the Big 12 actually won this challenge. So real, we are going to go ahead and move on. Um, but first, we're going to go ahead and take a quick commercial break. We'll be right back. And we're back. So obviously, uh, the the slate behind us is over. Uh, let's go ahead and look ahead. We're jumping back into conference play um, with a, a game tonight against Texas. Um, you know, this is a this is a coin flip game for Kansas, according to Ken Palm. Um, you know, Texas are actually they are expected to win this game seventy to sixty nine with a fifty percent chance of actually winning this game. Um, so this is by you know this is as close as it gets to a coin a coin flip. Um, you know, we we talked about this game a little while back, and obviously Texas gave Kansas more of a scare than both Fetch and I thought that they were going to in Allen Fieldhouse. Um, but the numbers here really don't look that much different than what we had last time. Texas is a really good defensive team from the two-point, but they are really bad at defending the three-point. Um, again, you know, we've we've uh, talked about how that's not necessarily controllable by the defense um, unless you're just giving up wide-open shots. Kansas gives up, I think, a lot more wide-open shots than Texas does. Um, so, so really, I think just what we're looking at is the fact that Texas has been pretty unlucky. Um, when it comes to three-point defense, because they don't really seem to give up too many open looks, um, and yet somehow, you know, they're they're giving up 35% of shots. Uh, so I'm sorry, their their opponents are making 35% of the three-point shots, which is good for 215th in the nation. Um, they also do not make three-pointers very very often, and so their offense is very very challenged in this game. Um, Kansas has the better defensive unit. They're ranked number 11 right now in Ken Palm. Um, Texas is ranked, is, is ranked number 33. Kansas is ranked number 29 in offense and Texas is ranked number 48. So Kansas clearly has the advantage in this game. The fact that it's in Austin, I think is what gives them enough of a bump to keep it at a 50, 50 game. Um, but you know, Texas isn't very good about going to the foul line. So, you know, there's not a lot of expectation necessarily about them being able to get Kansas in foul trouble about the only thing Kansas, or I'm sorry, about the only thing that Texas does really well on offense is they don't turn the ball over. Um, 
But that's about it. You know, they're not very good at getting offensive rebounds. They're not very good at good at getting the foul line. They're not very good at three-point shooting. They're not even really good at shooting free throws. Um, you know, so really what we're looking at is a Texas team that's very streaky for them in order to be able to compete in this game. They're going to have to get hot like they did in Allen Fieldhouse. Um, you know, and, and Kansas is having a similar sort of issue other than the fact that they rank higher than uh, than Texas in most of the categories here. Um, you know, they're not quite as good about taking care of the ball as Texas is, um, but they're a much better three-point shooting team. They're a much better two-point shooting team. Um, you know, their effective field goal percentage is 53.4%, whereas Texas is 50.5%. Their turnover percentage is, is obviously a little bit worse, um, but they're a better, or they're, they're about even on offensive rebounds. Um, so basically what we're looking at here, I think, is, is a, a match that favors Kansas, obviously, other than the fact that they are not at home. Um, but, you know, looking at individual players, uh, obviously the players that really hurt Kansas the last time um, are going to have the the same sort of opportunity to do that again. And I'm going to go ahead and actually pull that up um, really quick here. So obviously in the last matchup, you know, it was it was a pretty balanced attack for Texas. They had uh, Kerwin Roach had scored 13 points. Uh, he was 3 of 8 from 3. Um, Jace Febris, I don't, I don't know if I'm actually saying that right. He scored 12 points and all 12 of his points came from three pointers. He was four of 11 though. Um, so again, he was, he's a high volume three point shooter, uh, but isn't necessarily super accurate. Um, and then, uh, Matt, Matt Coleman was the leading scorer for Texas last, last time. Uh, he was five of nine from two, two of three from three. Uh, I think that's really the guy that they need to focus on is, is Coleman. Um, you know, if they can, if they can uh, get Garrett, on Coleman, kind of lock him down, keep him from scoring a bunch. That immediately improves their 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 chances there. So um, the thing, the main other concern I think here is just the fact that Texas does have two guys down low in Dylan Osakowski and Jackson Hayes, who can really assert their will down there, can give Dedrick Lawson a lot of problems. Um, Jackson Hayes fouled out in the last game, but um, you know I don't know that I'm necessarily expecting that to continue, especially. Uh, when Kansas is on the road, Dedrick Lawson had three fouls. I believe he had two quickly in the first half, um, which would make sense. He only scored or he only had 26 points in that last game. I believe he had two pretty early and had to sit for quite a while. Um, and then of course he didn't, you know, got one foul in the second half. Um, so I'm hoping that we don't run into a similar situation, uh, where we get a couple guys with some fouls pretty early and then we're playing, you know, we're playing catch up the rest of the time. So ho- ho- hopefully we don't have to deal with that. Um, ultimately, I do think the Kansas is going to come away with a win here. Um, you know, just Texas is a decent team, but they're not consistent enough. And, you know, to be honest, I just I don't think that they're they have enough weapons that are that are going to be able to go off against Kansas. Marcus Garrett is playing a whole lot better than he did in that previous game. Um, you know, that that previous game, Marcus Garrett. Um, I'm sorry, Marcus Garrett had 20 points in that previous game. So he actually played played really well in that game. Um, it's Dotson that I was thinking, and Grimes, who are playing better. Ochai Abaji, that was his, uh, that was his second game, I believe. Uh, no, I'm sorry, it was his third game. Um, and so he's more in the swing of things. I think he's going to have a much better game this time coming up. Um, ultimately, though, I do think it's going to come down to a guy like Grimes. If Grimes is on for this game, then Kansas, I think, wins this one going away. If he has, if he struggles again and scores, you know, less than eight points, then I think Kansas is going to have some real problems and might even go down to Texas here. Um, 
so obviously, you know, there's there's a lot of uncertainty going into this game. Um, they really can't afford to lose this game, though, because then they go to Texas Tech. Texas Tech has already shown the ability to give up a game against a conference opponent at home. Um, so there's definitely an opportunity there. And actually, I'm sorry, they don't go to Texas Tech. They play against Texas Tech at home. Um, they don't go to Texas Tech until until the end of February. So so that will be helpful. Uh, that will give them an opportunity to get back into the swing of things. Um, but then they go to Kansas State. So, I mean, this isn't a an easy stretch by any means. They really need to get this, this three-game stretch um, started right by winning this game against Texas. I do think that they end up pulling it off, um, but it's definitely going to be, I think, a lot closer uh, than a lot of people really want it to be. So... All right, well, so we'll go ahead and leave that analysis there. Um, you know, I was hoping that I would get some Twitter questions for tonight, but I didn't actually get any from anybody. So um, what we will do instead, uh, we'll just go ahead and actually wrap up at this point. Uh, I want to thank you guys for, for listening. Let's go ahead and run through the, the um, well, since our last podcast, uh, the we have had quite a few results that have come through uh, the the track and field team, the indoor season, they had the Jayhawk Classic over the weekend. Um, a bunch of different results there. I definitely encourage you, if you're interested in, in those results, go ahead and go to kuathletics.com. They have them all there. Um, the, the tennis team, unfortunately, fell to Oklahoma State uh, in the ITA kickoff weekend. Uh, they lost that match 3-4. to four. Uh, Obviously, KU lost against Kentucky 71-63. The, the Kansas women, unfortunately, lost down at TCU as well, 58-53. to um, And so so the women have quite a bit of uh, ground to make up if they're going to do anything at all in the uh, in, in the Big 12 this year. Um, coming up, we have, obviously, the game coming up tonight, Kansas at Texas. Um, that's at 6 p.m. on ESPN. And then Wednesday, uh, so tomorrow night, at 7 p.m. on the Jayhawk Network and the Jayhawk Radio Network, the women's basketball team welcomes Oklahoma into Lawrence um, for hopefully uh, them getting back on track in conference play. Uh, so, uh, And then also, I believe, it'll be coming up on the same date that we have our next podcast because our next podcast should go ahead and drop on Friday previewing the, the weekend games. So um, the track and field team will be down at Texas Tech. Um, and then uh, actually it looks like we also have, yeah, we have a, a split. Um, there are, not only are they going to be down at Texas tech, but they will also be up at, uh, Michigan for the power five invitational. I'm not sure who's going where exactly for that, but, um, you know, we, we do have, uh, it looks like probably the men are going to one and the women are going to the other. I'm not really sure at this point. Um, but the swimming and diving team is also has a meet this weekend, uh, at Arkansas, and then um, the tennis team on Friday is uh, playing at Wichita State uh, at 3 p.m. So so there's a lot of action going on this weekend. Obviously, we'll be talking about the men's basketball team against Texas Tech. Uh, that will be coming up. That's on CBS on Saturday. So we'll be talking about that on our next podcast. Um, and then we turn around pretty quickly the next week and have uh, additional games. So. We will go ahead and catch all of that when we get there. But um, at this point, I do want to thank you guys for, for listening to this episode. I know it's a little different than we normally have. Um, these are always a little bit different when I don't have a guest on um, to kind of help me uh, go over everything and and, uh, and you know facilitate that conversation. But I wanted to make sure we had a podcast covering that, that Kentucky game and not waiting until we've had a couple and trying to 
trying, trying to catch up on everything. So, um, you know, if, if you guys like this format a little bit better, where it's kind of just me giving you my own thoughts about this, um, definitely let me know. You know, I can try to do some more of these as it makes sense. Um, if you, if you don't like these very much and you would rather me, you know, me have someone else, um, on here, uh, then I can definitely do what I can to make sure we have someone on the next one or for the next few. So, um, just, just go ahead and let me know uh, if there is anybody you guys want me to try to, to go ahead and interview for any of the sports that we haven't talked about recently. Um, I can definitely try for that. I am looking, I am currently looking to try to get somebody to talk to about the tennis team. Uh, we haven't done anything about them yet. I would really like to, to have a podcast talking about them at least some, some of the time. Um, we're probably also going to get an update on the women's basketball team here pretty soon. I got a few people I'm reaching out to about that. Um, so we can kind of get a little bit more of an in-depth look. Um, you know, and, and obviously softball and baseball are getting ready to start here pretty soon too. So we're going to probably have some sort of preview about them coming up, um, in the next few weeks here. So all things to look forward to. And obviously, um, the, the regular season for the hockey team is wrapping up pretty soon here. Uh, we have this weekend coming up actually two big matches for the hockey team. They are out, um, they're going to be out in Colorado facing off against Air Force. Um, it's their first, I think, real test against another highly ranked team this year. Um, so it's going to be a good opportunity to kind of see where they're at as they prep for nationals. The hope is that they can win those two games and qualify. I'm not sure if that would actually do it, uh, but that's going to get them pretty close to qualifying for nationals without having to go through the regional tournament. So, um, those are some really big matches. Make sure you guys pay attention to the Jayhawk hockey Twitter feed. Um, so you can, so you can actually keep up on those scores and, and kind of follow that action there. Um, you know, and as usual, we've, we've been putting it in our show notes, but I did want to remind you guys, you know, they are still fundraising for the Nationals trip. Um, so if you haven't had an opportunity yet and you wanted to, to help them financially, uh, you can go out to the GoFundMe. I'll put it in the show notes again. Um, but they are still trying to raise funds for that GoFundMe so that they can go ahead and make that Nationals trip and not have to have that burden fall completely on the students that are part of the team. So, um, do what you can to help out fellow Jayhawks and um, you know we, we can try to get them a little bit closer to that goal so once again guys thank you so much for listening if you do uh, want, want to get in touch with me you can reach me on Twitter at RockChalkPod uh, our email address is RockChalkPodcast at gmail.com uh, again we are always looking for your suggestions your questions any of that stuff uh, we'd be happy to get you on the podcast one way or another so please do reach out if you haven't found us yet on itunes please go ahead and do that rate subscribe nice comments five stars all that fun stuff it really does help to get the podcast out there so that more people see it that we can get a, a, a bigger audience so that we can do more with the podcast and we can get more input from all the fans out there so again please do do whatever you can to go ahead and and, and help us out there um, but we will go ahead and leave it there thank you guys so much for listening and we will catch you next time on the rock chalk podcast Podcast Network. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> no, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.